Welcome to the Reserve Worship Songwriting Podcast, episode 64. I'm Joel Payne. I'm Sam Hargreaves. This is a podcast to equip and inspire grassroots songwriters serving their local church. In this episode, we'll be dissecting the classic song, My Lighthouse by Rend Collective, reflecting on April's Songs of Solace and Hope challenge and setting a new communion songs challenge for May. Tom, I've got one question for you. All right. Will you still need me and will you still feed me now that we're on episode 64? (laughs) (laughs) That was brilliant. Thank that you. was both musical and humorous. <laughs> Thank you. That is how we like people to describe this podcast. It is both musical and humorous. <laughs> I think perhaps we overestimate the humorous and possibly the musical. <laughs> but aside from that, if you want to um, find fellas chatting about stuff. Anyway, how are you? I'm all right. Yeah, can't complain. Could be worse. Yeah. You're an extrovert, aren't you? Yes. How are you coping with the lockdown thing? It's quite tough. Who would you most like to cuddle that you can't right now? You. Thank you. That's the end of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So in my house, we've got a four, nearly going on five-year-old who requires constant supervision. Are are, are your two just kind of knuckling down, doing their work? Uh, Theo is younger. He needs a bit more help and chivying. Ella generally gets on with it. She's super keen. She did this brilliant thing the other day where she had to write, she had to do a performance of a bit of Shakespeare. Wow. So she went away and wrote some music. Blimey. And yeah, it was like, a, you know, a soundtrack and then performed it. And we were like, oh, uh, 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 uh. so that was really cool. That's yeah, amazing. I mean, yeah, they, they are generally, um, they're no trouble, really. Um, I'm I'm the most trouble in our house. Are you? Yeah. What have you been up to? Uh, work? Have you been working? Yeah, working. I, I don't know about you, Joel, but I feel like, and I know this isn't true for everyone because some people are bored out of their brains, but Yeah. I feel busier than ever. Yeah, I do. Well, sort of. It's a funny period, isn't it? Because I think if you can put stuff out online, yeah. you probably are, and therefore you're just... But it's, you know, it's the sort of work he's... Anyway, I can't complain. I I, I am complaining, but I shouldn't. Um, Tell us what you've been up to specifically, Samuel. Uh, well, we were supposed to be doing Cliff Fest. Uh, and so obviously we can't go and do their their thing at the end of May. Uh, but instead we are making videos of us doing All Age Worship. And uh, it's going to be part of their All Together uh, services that are going to be online yeah. with uh, Bob Hartman and others. So look out for that at the end of May. Cliff Fest online on YouTube. Um, it's good fun actually. Turned my office into a little mini studio and did actions and jumped around and played music. Cool. And yeah, it's good fun. Do you know if it will be um, behind a paywall or is it? Are they just kind of putting? No, it on I think and... it's completely free. Lovely. Good old Cliff Fest. Down the road from me. Ah, well, you should be doing it then. Well, you brought it even closer. Yeah. And uh, also, I've been hearing feedback from people doing our How Would Jesus Sleep Worship course on Zoom. Oh, wow. Good. Which is really encouraging. Someone sent me an email today saying, we're doing it as a church and it's great. Thank you. So I'm quite excited about that. And so, you know, again, that is for free 12 video course uh, that you could watch as a team. And then you could have the Zoom discussions and you can 
buy PDFs of the book and all that. So, yeah, encouraged. How would Jesus lead worship on Zoom? Exactly. No, how would he? Um, on Zoom. Have you? Have you done? You must have done that. Have you done that? What? Led, led worship on Zoom. Yeah, no, I have. Yeah, no, I haven't on Zoom. We did it for a prayer meeting last week. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's very odd because you have to mute everyone because obviously you can't sing. Don't you wish you could do that sometimes? In I know. Life? I reckon this is a part of church, a part of you know Zoom life that we could bring into real church. Mute. We, we we unmuted everyone, and Sarah said, "Why don't we all pray like you know Korean style, like all praying together?" Yeah. And so, but because everyone's basically the same volume. They, people started praying and then we couldn't stop them and I was like waving my arms like okay thank you that's the end of the prayer and in the end we just had to mute everyone and it was a glorious moment where just like silence and it's like that was it well done yeah how about you yeah I, I guess I've been pretty busy um, for a few reasons we had Chris on the show last month and asked him some stuff about uh, licensing and streaming and so on then after that we got in um a bit of a chat and thought why doesn't he write an article because he's the only person i know who seems to actually understand what yes. how and why yeah. uh, so he wrote an article and it has been shared all over the place uh, all over the shop all over the shop um so we've heard from all sorts of people who found it really helpful. And he just sets out how copyright works with music. So you can then understand when you try and figure out what you're doing, how it, yeah. what you might yeah. need and so on. He helps you to understand why and how and so on. Um, and it's been great. The, the, um, the Evangelical Alliance asked if they could repost it as the sort of guide to um, copyright. And even someone got in touch and said, um, oh, I've been reading your article on copyright because CCLI sent me to read it. <laughs> so it seems like even CCLI are going, do you know what, you ought to just read Chris Juby's article on Resign Worship. <laughs> he's the only person, who, he understands it, even we don't understand it. Oh, brilliant. So that's, that's really brilliant. But what a fantastic little service to the church. You know, people are trying to figure stuff out here. Yeah. And... Um, that has been wonderful. But alongside that, we decided a little while back that we were going to, um, we wanted to give, make it easy for people to use some of our online resources in their worship, and particularly our lyric videos, because we realised that mm. some people, you know, my church is doing it, yours probably is, and so on, are able to kind of set up and record the music and put it out. But the truth is, it's a different musical experience anyway it's, it's daft mm. to try and make it the same as it is in church and one of the things that we can offer quite usefully as well as having said look during this crisis you can freely stream our stuff and we do need to disambiguate <laughs> we need to what <laughs> <laughs> the word stream you know when we say we're, we're licensing for streaming yeah quite a lot of people have thought streaming means doing stuff live it doesn't streaming is just about how you receive the data from the internet yes. whether you get it all in one chunk or you just get the bits you need as it goes so anyway. yeah so we said we, you know freely stream it but also thought the thing is we've said freely stream it but we, we probably should offer some stuff for free as well so we just made a packet a bundle of 10 of our videos um put it out and said look you can use these and they're either connected with easter or particularly relevant for the for the crisis and Sam, I, we've just been overwhelmed with people coming to get them. Hundreds so cool. of people coming yeah. and getting the videos to put in their churches. And off the back of it, we have it's really interesting. We've given absolutely masses away for free. And we have sold more online resources mm. this last mm. month than we have ever sold in a month. Yeah. Um, and it's encouraging that, that we've had something to offer 
Well, it's encouraging in lots of ways. It's encouraging we could give something for free. It's genuinely yeah. helping people, yeah. but also encouraging that it's going to help and support our ministry. Because obviously we can't give everything away for free forever, although I would love to if we had a rich benefactor who would give us a healthy annual amount. Anyway, <laughs> it's one of, my, one of my little dreams is that we could return I think to one that. of the other things, though, is I think you've done exactly the right thing with all that. And, and then on top of that, because we have songs which talk about some of the more difficult sides. Mm. I think people also are going, ah, actually, some of these resound songs say things that other songs don't. Mm. So something like, you know, Andy Clark's When God's Perfect Plan, yeah. such a, an apt song for now. Mm. I was talking to someone the other day and she said, you know, it's interesting how, you know, people are actually introducing a lot of new songs in, in this season. And she mm. said that, that sort of raises questions about what they were singing before the crisis. <laughs> yeah. Because if you weren't, already singing songs of struggle and pain and you know we, we've 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 rushed for those now but you know it, it's, it's an encouraging sign i think yeah yeah absolutely i mean there are lots of so this is a slight digression but there are a lot of songs of struggle and pain these days but they're often i'm going to make a complete generalization here they're often set within a but i have the victory in christ kind of yeah thing Christ fights for me and therefore it doesn't yeah. matter rather than kind of living in it and seeing it as part yeah. of the journey and, and so on. Maybe that's a, a slight distinctive that that we've been able to bring. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's super encouraging. Um, but so a fair amount of work and, and I've been just, you know, looking to our catalogue and to the Jubilate hymns catalogue as well and just mm. saying like, what is there that would be helpful for people to have on Lyric Video? Okay, let's bash some of these out. Yeah. Um, which has been great. And then we've been... Um, uh, sort of trundling on with doxicology so that's that's still being recorded in in lockdown but it's been a little bit of a case of trying to find uh, people who have got their own studios and, and so on and can record components for us very excitingly um, although I'll tell you more details next time we accidentally secured ourselves an absolute worldie of a drummer Ooh. because we had to get somebody who had their own studio so put the word out there. So yeah, more more. To, I, I'm only not saying it because we haven't yet received the tracks. So just in case it all goes wrong. <laughs> just in case it all goes wrong. But it's pretty exciting. I'm so excited exci- about these songs. It's exciting that Phil Collins is drumming on our album. I know. I yeah. But I did say to him, Phil, you don't need to wear the gorilla suit. <laughs> but he insisted. He said it would make good social media. <laughs> Sorry to those of you who have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> Google we've, it. We've, we've so far made a Beatles joke and a Phil Collins joke. We're just so up with the times. Oh, yeah. We totally we totally are. Um, yeah. But, the, oh, here's a fun thing, though. Fun fact. We've had lots of people get in touch in the last I don't know, six weeks or so asking about German translations of our songs. True story. Yeah. yeah. And um, so we got to thinking, you know, when we do a new album maybe we should get a whole german translation of it yes and do it in german too yes should we do swedish as well what? Uh, yes that's easy done in our house yeah but, but they all speak um, english don't they so yeah but you yeah. know something good about your home language isn't it yeah no, there is yeah yeah um yeah, anyway, so um, we've just been been thinking a bit about that. It's kind of exciting. Suddenly, just German translations are, are the thing. It's become the, the hot topic for us. Um, but uh, I think, as I said last time, we've had to completely change the plans and the way that we do the doxicology thing. So now, in order to complete the project, 
we sort of need to complete what we sort of began as a kind of crowdfunding thing a couple of months ago and say, okay, yeah. well, things have, you know, things have settled down in the sense that for for those who are kind of safe and secure and so on, it's a kind of period of waiting and so on. So we feel like we can go back out there a bit in May and say, okay, look, we, we need about £4,000 now to, to complete the funding so that we can finish this thing and put it out there. So please, please watch this space and um, find out more about how you can support us with that. We would really appreciate it. Yeah. Let's look at some correspondence. Yeah, I've got a little erratum actually uh, oh. from the last one. Oh, no. I mentioned a song on the 12 Song Challenge and I said it was by John Stammers. <gasps> And John Stammers very kindly got in touch and said, thank you for mentioning me, but in fact, you meant John Pocock. Yeah. So, sorry, John Stammers and John Pocock. The song I was talking about was John Pocock's, but I'm absolutely sure John Stammers' song was brilliant as well. Yeah. But sorry. But something which is not a mistake I've made is that I (laughs) got to thinking... Uh, over Easter a little bit about I think I think this has come from the fact that in these weird lockdown days you obviously can't lead worship in front of people you can't really meet up with people you know face to face um, and so we're, we're really restricted to just putting things out online and that is a great thing it's, it's exciting but one of the weird things about putting things out online is you get this very immediate feedback of clicks likes shares comments um, and it's very kind of quantifiable and it's very easy to go and look and see, oh, that's got this many clicks or that's got. And also, you know, I've been really blessed by lots of people making their own videos or their own services. And yep. I've watched all sorts of things. And every time I watch something, I think, oh, maybe I should have done something like that. Maybe I should be doing that kind of thing. Maybe, I, you know, and I don't have the time in the day to do all the things that I, I see online. But it leads to a kind of insecurity in me around, you know, is what I'm doing any good? Should I be doing something different? All of these things. And so I put that out on our um, 12 Song Challenge Slack and on Facebook. And I got loads of great responses of people saying, oh, yeah, totally understand this. Or this is how I experienced this. Or this is how I am helped with this. So we have a little plan. Rather than talk about this today in full, to do a little mini pod in the middle between this and the next one. Yeah. And for me and you to talk this through. But if you haven't yet contributed to that conversation i just want to ask people to go and either on the facebook or on the 12 song challenge uh thing to go and comment or read what's already been written and if you've got anything to to pitch in and then we'll we'll sort of crowdsource the uh the wisdom of the masses uh to help us think through some of these issues of just you know dealing with self-image and dealing with rejection and dealing with massive massive internet success which obviously you know we know a lot about and yeah I'll, pi- I'll pitch in on that thanks mate appreciate <laughs> that pleasure yeah brilliant great look forward to hearing from you Dissect classic. we asked on facebook earlier today in fact for some suggestions for dissect classic we've covered about 40 50 songs or so um what classics would you like us to dissect? Um, a young up-and-coming songwriter called Chris Juby got in touch. Um, I don't know why we picked him, him out, but there you go. Um, and he said, My lighthouse. I refused to use it at first because of the clumsy metaphor, but so many people of all ages and backgrounds <laughs> love it that I've had to climb down off my horse. I think he means his high horse. Yes, well, I, this is the thing. I don't know if he deliberately put a mixed metaphor in there. or You either climb down or you 
get off your high horse. So <laughs> clumsy metaphors. Um, best best mixed metaphor I ever, I think I've ever heard, by someone close to me, was I had to go the extra hog. <laughs> That a beauty. <laughs> <laughs> My Lighthouse by the Rend Collective, um, which is uh, dates from 2013, I believe. Um, Sam, do you, do you fancy giving us a little burst? Oh, yeah, I'll probably sing it wrong. Yeah, that's why I, I ask you. In my wrestling and in my doubts, in my failures, you won't walk out. Your great love will lead me through You are the peace in my trouble sea Oh, you are the peace in my trouble sea And there's another verse, but I'll go to the chorus Two, three, four My lighthouse, my lighthouse Shining in the darkness I will follow you, oh My lighthouse, my lighthouse I will trust the promise You will carry me safe to shore There's lots of those And then there's a bit yeah. of uh, a bridge you, Guys, you're missing Joel doing the actions I'm sorry, maybe he'll put a little video on To show you him doing the actions uh, Fire before us You're the brightest You will lead us Through the storm Etc. Yeah. Alright um, so we're gonna in this slot we take classic songs we dissect them try to say what's making this song work uh, why is it popular and also uh, how would we fix it <laughs> and, uh, um, or what would we do how would we have written it um, so should we kick it off shall I yeah. shall I hit you with some hit I want to say right at the beginning I think this is a brilliant song I wish I'd written it me too yeah oh well kind of everything um i mean isn't isn't that the, i think that's one of the things to, to to say is that a lot of people really really dislike this song do they i've had some serious vitriol i mean including chris tuby clearly but um yeah like, i really had dislike it like oh that flipping lighthouse song yeah, yeah like in, in the same way they dislike shine to shine or um, I think often people think it's quite silly. They have a big yeah. issue with the lighthouse metaphor, and uh, not in not in an overuse way, just in a kind of it's a it's a silly song okay. kind of way. Yeah. Well, let's do it right, because we're gonna we're gonna get stuck into it. Um, yeah. So, but I just wanted to just sort of throw that at the beginning. I just watched the little video of it online. Just thought this is a, like it's just a great little pop song. Yeah. Um, and I I'd love to have been able to write it. I, I just can't, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so, what makes it really work? I mean, I think. Um, one of there's a few little devices in on there. The in the chorus, the repetition, my lighthouse, my lighthouse, similar shape, different notes, but repeating the words. Mm. Using I know it seems obvious, but actually it's quite hard to do to talk mm. yourself into using repetition in songs. Mm. Tend to through compose the lyrics a bit sometimes, yeah. and so it's the the repetition, and then the, they la that landing save to sure. It's just an inspired little bit of melody because mm. it's it is so catchy, so hooky, and yeah. it, and the, I, get, I don't think this is deliberate, but it's the sense of it kind of landing and staying in the landing is really apt for the for the moment that you're singing about. So that that'd be yeah. one thing I, I would say. Um, also, it's just 
very tightly written, and the Wrens are good at this. They, mm. they write into a meter, so you set up the meter, the number of syllables per line at the beginning, yeah. and it is tight and it is precise throughout the whole song. It, it doesn't doesn't stray from it. Um, and within that, there is a kind of repetition of shape. Um, the just the the shape of the melodies, they as they kind of match and as they evolve. They kind of belong together in a way. So it's just very carefully, tightly done. Again, I think it's instinctive in mm. in the repetition of the shapes, but I think is a, there's a meticulousness about the lyric writing to to stick with it and not to make it go flabby or expand beyond it. Beyond it. Um, and there's just that nice thing where it takes the, the openings of the verses is where the variation is, and then the verses towards the end they kind of come back towards a, a similar place, very either exactly mm. the same or similar lyrics. And then the final thing I thought was quite notable is it's got a pentatonic melody for most yeah. of the song, just until you get to the very end of the chorus, um, where it throws in the fourth note. So in a pentatonic mm. scale, you take out the fourth and the seventh because they're the dissonant mm. notes. Mm. So it's it's entirely built on consonant notes in a pentatonic, yeah. which just means a pentatonic melody will always sound good over everything. It's sort of it's, mm. that, that's one of the things. So I, it's one of those things as well where. It has a predictableness because you hear it's pentatonic, but it can't move in just standard steps, and there's no half note movement. So it's just kind of, but there's a kind of life to it, I think. Um, yeah, there you go. A few things from me. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I think one thing I would say is genuinely all age. I do think that kids love it. They love mm. the actions. They love the the kind of simple imagery of the storm and the sea and the lighthouse and they love dancing to it. Um, but adults in the main, uh, I think also really get it as well. And I think the most important thing for me is the first two verses about wrestling and doubts and failures, silence questions. Um, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I do feel that those are things that we really need to be singing about we need to be getting that in our in our general sort of worship vocabulary because it gives space for people to go, oh, it's okay to be wrestling and doubting and yeah. having silence and questions. Um, but having that in the midst of all, what is also a very sort of God-focused song. Yeah. Um, and then the sort of journey from wrestling, doubts, failure, silence, and then by verse three, you know, I won't fear. So you've, you've sort of gone on this little journey and you've made a decision. Okay, I'm going to yeah. live tomorrow without fear. I think it's just lyrically the particularly the verses are really really strong that's the case for the uh defense <laughs> <laughs> don your wig <laughs> for the prosecution um yeah so uh if they brought it along to you sam while they were writing it what sort of things might you have said well we will need to bring up the thing that i think most people i've heard get annoyed about the elephant. which is yeah the elephant in the room is you don't follow a lighthouse yeah you avoid a lighthouse. Yeah. A lighthouse is there to show you where the rocks are. Yeah. And you don't go towards a lighthouse. That's the whole point. You go away. Now, I don't really care about that, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, I think what it's saying is, you know, there's the light of Jesus shining in the darkness, you know, keeping us safe. Um, I will follow you doesn't necessarily need to mean I'll I'm fo- going to, yeah. you know, it just means I'm going to follow what you are leading. So I think that that is picking, um, is picking quite un- unkindly at it. Um, yeah, I just, 
I, I don't because I mean, uh, what do you think? I think it's a totally fair critique. Yeah, okay. Um, because because what, when they say lighthouse, I think they mean beacon. I, d- I just think they don't really mean lighthouse at any point. The 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 whole light metaphor in it. So in the um, in the bridge, it's about a beacon, isn't it? It's about a fire before. It's about it's about follow. It's literally going towards the thing. So it's a little mm. column of fire in the desert, mm-hmm. um, or it's a beacon which you know you head for that safe bit of the shore. So if it were that they'd used the lighthouse metaphor, but they'd also used another one, I, I've already said I think it's a brilliant song. But I, I think it is a fair critique because I think actually what happens is as you sing it, you just don't think lighthouse. You're thinking shining light of welcoming destiny and guidance kind mm. of thing. I just, as a hook, I don't think anything else would have worked as well as lighthouse. My beacon, obviously, is not strong. Um, I think that because lighthouse is a, is a pleasing word, it's understandable to children, it's... You know, it's it's an unusual one for a worship song. I'm not, you know. Yeah. I, I think it works so well as a hook that I'm prepared to f- to forgive it the sort of literal. Basically, um, it's wrong, but it sounds good. So exactly, you're happy to have it. Do, what do you think of the prosody of that bit? With the stress on my and house, whereas uh, if yeah. you were to say, it'd say my lighthouse. It's true that yeah. So it draws out the my quite strongly, mm. but but again, I sort of think within that um, within the context of the song, that's a welcome thing, mm. in in the sense of I'm wrestling, I'm lost, I'm at sea, I'm I've got a thing though, I've got a thing. So actually, the, yeah. the kind of the my I think is all right as an emphasis. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting. Another um, accusation people level at it is that it's very jaunty for a song mm. about such deep topics, and I have mm. sort of two views on this. One of which is, I think that's a reasonable critique, and I think it's a critique I would have made. You know, if they brought it along, I'd have said, yeah. "Do you think this is maybe a bit cheerful for the for the stuff you're talking about?" At the same time, <laughs> I welcome that we can. You know, I'm not a, a wallowy sort of person, and um, I welcome that we can talk about that stuff without it sounding sad. Yeah, because I think those are real things. Yeah. I think it's also okay for those to be real things in a cheerful place. Yeah. I, again, I don't know if that was what was going through their head or if they just kind of fitted some words to a tune. But I think there's something good about that. We're singing about wrestling and doubts and questions and silence. Yeah. And we're barely giving it a second thought. Well, that's got to be good in the in the long run, hasn't it? Yeah, I thought it's. I think it's sort of sneaking in what are quite quite difficult words, but you're sort of bringing them in under the radar, really. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit like, you know, when you watch a Pixar film and it's all happy and jolly and bright colours and then you suddenly realise, oh, gosh, this is a this is a deep message here. Yeah. But you only realise it as you go through. And I, I really love starting services with a really upbeat song, but that you can say, hey, if you've been wrestling, if you've been having doubts, if you've been having struggles this week, this song invites you to bring those to God. I think the, the bringing together of those two things is actually... And it ultimately it's... Uh, it's a celebration song. It's a celebration of God's presence in the midst of all those things. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I don't struggle with that. I've I have done it like with um, build your kingdom. I've 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 done it slowed down and, and more reflective, and oh, it, yeah. it can work that way as well. Um, if you do it, say with more of just an adult adult congregation. Yeah, I've thought of doing that, but I've not tried or dared. 
but you're more yeah. daring than me. Um, and then it's pretty rangey. There's the other thing about it. It does however, yeah. wherever you sit it, you've got a pretty big range. And it's not yeah. just the range, but it's actually the, the texture, isn't it? The, like the, yeah. the verse does sit quite low for a while, and the bridge does sit quite high for a while. Yeah. It, yeah. In its defence, it is a belt it out kind of bridge. It's a sort yeah. of you, you're virtually shouting at that point. But yeah. Yeah, it's probably not one for um, living room worship, is it? I wouldn't have thought it is one for living room worship. My YouTube. My YouTube. <laughs> Thank you, Ren Collective. Classic song. Nice Thank one. you. Thanks. It's time to review the 12 song challenge from April. In April, we decided to set you a theme appropriate for lockdown, and uh, we wanted you to write songs of solace. And hope, once again, an overwhelming number of songs have been written by participants in the challenge. Some extraordinary stuff has been written. And I caught up with David, our forum dad, to have a look at what's been going on this month. David Brackenbury, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, you're locked down in Hull? We are, yes. Um, it's not too bad. No, it's quite nice. I would say there are worse places. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't really matter where you are, does it? You just locked down. No, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, how's it going for you guys? Um, yeah, busy. Um, I am still working, but I'm working from home, so I've um, been doing that for maybe five weeks now. Right. Um, so I think, like most people, just taking time to find that way of of how it works. Um, throw into that mix four kids who are being schooled from home. Yeah. Um, and my wife is still going into her workplace two days a week. Um, so, yeah, the back end of the week is a bit tougher for me because I, I do have the kids on my own, Yeah. whereas she takes the share. And then church, again, just finding new ways of, of doing church. So we've um, set up a Slack group, um, really taking our experience from the 12-song challenge, and people have really taken to that. It's been, it's been fantastic to see people sharing things. Um, and in terms of worship, um, I've just moved across to Facebook Live, so we do two sessions a week, um, Wednesday night, worship and then um, a sunday morning session yeah has that been gradually evolving then over you know over the few weeks have you tried different things so i was just all for um kind of signposting people to what other churches were doing or sharing some kind of songs through through one of the channels on slack and it was natalie my wife who said to me people are familiar with with you and your voice and i think actually seeing you leading worship will help them so for the first three or four weeks we did um just some videos that we put onto youtube and kind of put them live at the time when our services would have happened um, and we really dodged Facebook live because I thought at that point that only people who were on Facebook could see Facebook live videos I see, yeah. um, and then it was through chatting with Andy Clark that we discovered that you could if you had the link access it um, and see all the comments and things so we've we've now done the last two Sunday mornings where the worship has started at half past ten just like our service would yeah um, and for me, leading that, it's felt much more like I'm actually doing something in the moment with with people from church. Um, and they can kind of comment through the, the comment sections. Uh, we give people a chance to pick songs through the week. And I think in a couple of weeks, we might actually have one of the Wednesday nights where we try and let people request songs through the comments and see oh, if we wow. can incorporate those. <laughs> Good luck. It, it feels, a little bit, feels a little bit like one of these cooking programs where they give people loads of different ingredients and you have to make a meal, but we'll see how that goes. I love that. We could have that as some kind of challenge for the 12 song challenge. <laughs> like it, yeah, yeah, you've got to be a member to pick one. You can't just like log in Joel Payne. Really? 
suggest a stinker. You don't know, you don't, you don't know my pseudonym. Anyway, um, good. Well, I'm glad you guys are, are, are coping and I guess in some ways thriving and in other ways surviving. But that's kind of how we all are at the moment, isn't it? Um, and what do you think about this this month of songwriting? I mean, my basic reflection is once again just a little bit in awe of all the guys who are writing the songs. The quality of stuff that people are coming out with, the not only biblical reflections but reflections on the current situation um, and engaging with it and kind of putting that into poetry and melody and all the rest of it. I think it's been a, a marvelous thing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um... This is my second 12 song challenge that I've been involved in. And we talked on this one about how the numbers were so much bigger. Mm. Um, we've had that last minute flurry. So I think probably within the last kind of couple of days, we've had maybe 10 or 15 more mm. songs being submitted. But there is such a, a breadth. And I think I was a little bit concerned at the start of the month with how much overlap there might have been from last month's challenge. Yeah. Um, and whether people could kind of switch tack or whether it'd just be another song within that kind of style. Um and as you'd expect, some people have been really specific about absolutely this situation. Um, others have kind of talked about songs that will last uh, without any reference to, to this time. But again, just so much um, kind of breadth of, of style, of, of content. Um, and, and I think already hearing some of the stories of how those songs have been used in those communities is again just really exciting because mm. it's... Um, even thinking of writing of churches worshipping in a different way at the moment is has been quite a a strong theme through the thread. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So are there some that you've picked out as being particularly strong this time? Um, I think probably what I would say, yes, there are, uh, <laughs> but there could have been many more. <laughs> yeah. I, I had to kind of limit it at some point, um, and so they kind of caught my attention for, for different reasons. Um, so there was one that was posted really early in the month. Um, it says here, April the 6th, by... Derek um, Boemler, called Christ is Our Hope. And that was um, kind of a hymn-style song, which was just really... Um, I think often when those songs land in the month early and you've not really got the chance of working out where where songs are sitting or where people are pitching, then one comes in you think, yeah, that's kind of got the theme really well. So really enjoyed that one, and there were lots of good comments on the, on the thread about that one. Um, and then a couple that landed later on in the month. Um, there's one by Caitlin Ferry which was called It Didn't Keep Easter From Coming, which just straight away as a title um, kind of draws you in and gets you intrigued in what the song is about. And the, and the song was just great, didn't disappoint at all. Um, talked a lot about um, how she'd drawn on her influence of the music that she'd been listening to and put that into, into that song that she was writing. Um, and then the third one I'll mention before the one that we're actually going to listen to, hopefully, mm. was by Jake Langstaff. Um, oh, yeah. which was called God Has a Plan. Um, and it was just a really quirky tune. It was just one that, again, um, in the midst of some that were a bit more kind of deeper, a bit more reflective, a bit more... Um, yeah, it, it, it had that upbeat feel that really kind of drew you in and reminded you that actually um, we do serve a God who is powerful and um, and is with us. Yeah. So that was, um, that was a good one. But the one I... Um, picked and I checked out whether that she was happy for us to share it which was very good um was by Catherine Miller yeah. um and she took a prayer from the book of common prayer now I'm not kind of really in a setup where we would use the book of common prayer regularly but what struck me was you just how <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> just struck me with how words that have been in a book um 
I guess whichever edition of it is, it might be kind of tens of years, it might be more than that, um, have really kind of come to life at this moment in time as she kind of had the vision to, to set those words to music. So listening to some of the comments of other people on the thread who were familiar with the prayer or who had seen it um, used at this time to kind of see it put to music was really quite powerful. So that's called, um, if I can find, For Your Love's Sake is what she's called it. And I think we're going to listen to a little bit of that now. Yeah, let's have a little burst. Keep watch, dear Lord, with those who work or watch or weep this night. Give your angels charge. Over those who sleep Keep watch, dear Lord With those who work or watch Or weep this night Give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend the sick, Lord Christ. Give rest to the weary. Bless the dying, soothe the suffering, pity the Shield the joyous, bless the dying, soothe the suffering, pity the afflicted. Shield the joyous and all for your love's sake. Amen. And all for your love. Totally stunning, and oh, those words. I mean, they have so, they have an added poignancy by knowing that they're old, that they're ancient, ancient, they're old, um, and yet so real and right for now. Yeah, I think one of the people who commented on the song was um, was Jonathan Knight, who works in the NHS. Of course, um, yeah. And he said he listened to that as he was waiting for his wife to come back from a night shift in the um, emergency department, I think it was. And it almost, it, it, well, I think it captures the moment so well. It feels aligned to the Thursday eight o'clock yeah. front of the house, clapping. Um, just that sense that as he was worried about his wife coming home, just that um, prayer being being sung out over all of our workers and the people who are experiencing the illness. Yeah. 
Amazing. Wow. Thank you, Catherine. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I love that. That's really good. Um, do, do you know, I thought I'd pick out a couple that I thought, um, just just to mention, um, one of them was uh, Elise Massa, who did a, a communion lament, basically a, a lament about not being able to meet and share communion together, yeah. which was, again, just hauntingly wonderful in in kind of yearning lament. And also Mike Poole, who did this incredible um song which yeah. I, I don't even fully understand it i don't think but i love it <laughs> sorry mike if you're listening <laughs> um just this beautiful style and little broken ooos in it anyway anyway i wanted to mention those two because they, they they struck me this time so david have you you've had a go i know i've seen your name on on the list somewhere so you're gonna give us a little burst of um what you had a go at this month yeah, so this came quite early in the month. I think um, I was maybe submitted by about the second, which is always feels like you've handed your homework in and you can relax for the rest of the month. Yeah. Um, it's been refined a little bit through the month. Um, it started off as an I song, became a we song. Then I think the first time I um, performed it for church, it felt actually we are a lot of eyes um, at the moment. We, we aren't coming together. So it returned to being a, an I song. Oh, and it draws on Sam, Sam 121. In these anxious times Fear is running wild Help me fix my eyes Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
David, that's great. Well done. Cheers, Joe. Wow, that's been, I'm looking through the thread now and um, seeing all the sort of people chipping in and helping out and talk of duples and pimples and <laughs> yeah, other that, stuff. That blew my mind. <laughs> Is that the bird? I googled it and then I couldn't understand it. Are they the duplets or the duples? Yeah. Um, that's really, actually, there's a, like, a little, it feels like a little signature Brackenbury melody there. Where where does my help come from? <laughs> that's like, uh, yes, I know, he's, I know he's been in on this song. Uh, yeah, that's great. It's really kind of evocative, um, melodically good. I, I like this kind of tightness of it. Um, you know, you've worked with some really short lines and, and held them really tight in, in writing the song. I think it's a great job. Great job. I bet that's Thank blessing you. your church and blessing you as well, I'm sure. Brilliant. Um, you're going to have to wait to listen to the podcast to hear my song. I'm, I'm literally just finishing it with... I asked Andy Clark if he'd help me, and uh, so we've done it doing a little co-write, but we've been we sort of hurriedly right now kind of bouncing things back and forth between each other. So Dodgy, dodgy. Yeah, you'll just have to wait and see. I basically reckon you just get the, get the Clarky treatment on it, and then hopefully no one will notice my my poor contribution to it and it'll be fine david it's great to see you bless you brother um yeah, and blessings likewise. to you and your family and um yeah let's see what happens over the next um a couple of months before we have you on again but let's keep in touch thanks david yeah thank you david sam how did you get on this month I did all right, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, I'm pretty in awe of the stuff that's on the forum at the moment. There's so much good stuff. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and uh, I feel like we used to say, well, even if you can just get a verse out or half a line or... Yeah. And nowadays, people are writing just amazing, epic, huge amounts of stuff. So Yeah. It's really well done, good everyone. quality stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the pressure's on then. Uh, yeah, you well, can, I, You can I, lower the tone. I, I will, I will. <laughs> I enjoyed writing my song. I'm not sure if it's a classic, but I it was it sort of lifted my spirits and um yeah, see what you think. I, I think the the lyrics need chasing down and I'm not sure I've got there yet. I think you probably have some helpful thoughts. Um goes my confidence is not in what I do. My confidence is in you. My confidence is not in how I feel Your word shows me what is real You are my hope You are my hope Jesus, you are my hope You are my hope Jesus my confidence is not in human plans Your love tells me who I am My daily bread is coming from your hand With peace I can understand You are my hope You are my hope Jesus, you are my And then I've got a, another verse, but I'll just skip to my bridgey bit. I'll hope, oh, I don't. I'll hope, our song, our confidence in a world gone wrong. I kneel, I 
surrender I yield to Christ my defender You are my own Yeah! That's my song. That's great. Yeah. Got the word confidence in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Yeah, really good. I like it. I like it a lot. You, you do. You, you have so much more of an inner groove than I do in your life, <laughs> I think, which is cool. Do you know the Feist song, There's a Limit to Your Love? No, it's... I only know one Feist song. Oh, that album is brilliant. But there's this brilliant song, There's a Limit to Your Love. Dun, 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 dun. And I was messing around with those chords. Yeah. And then I sort of just changed them and... Yeah, but that's that's how I got to the chords, um, and yeah, and I just I I like that idea of having a the word hope and not I you know I yeah. just use basically one note per syllable basically and just to have more of yeah. a that just kind of came out somewhere. All right, I think it's great. I think it's really good. It did occur to me that the melody on Hope would be slightly easier to sing if it were pentatonic, just to pick up a theme from earlier. Mm, yeah. So you've got this kind of which is quite a complicated melody. Yeah. Whereas, would be do it again it, it, you are my hope yeah well it would be easier for people to locate because you haven't got to do half steps and jumps and yeah um but maybe maybe it's worth it maybe it's worth worth grabbing it can i share mine with you please do okay um da -da -ba -ba -da 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 -da. i have been cheating I've been uh, cheating by co-writing with Andy Clark. Oh, um, that is cheating. Yeah, it is cheating, I know, isn't it? It's, like, <laughs> it's the golden ticket. Um, <laughs> I just thought, I quite fancy trying to write some words and then ping them over to Andy and see what he came up with. And so now we've been bouncing it back and forth a bit. It's a little bit hot off the press, um, so loads of it is up for grabs, but um, let's see what you think. Our Saviour Christ is strong and true His love is fierce, His grace pursues His mercy claims and binds and sues And leads us into life We trust in strong by faith believe by grace belong and the foundation of our hope is built upon the rock of Christ our hope in Christ Anyway, roughly like that. Um, can I do one? Can I play you one more thing? Well, we—I was <laughs> doing this with um, 
with Andy over the WhatsApp, and then I thought it sounds a bit, you know, it's got that a little bit of a kind of hymn structure, which generally means you can actually go. Our Saviour Christ is strong and true. His love is fierce. His grace pursues. His mercy cleans and binds and soothes and leads us into life. We trust in Him, our Savior strong. By faith believe, by grace belong. And the foundation of our hope is built upon the rock of Christ. <laughs> Let's move on to May and it's time to set the challenge. So our challenge for May, are you ready? Da, 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 da. I gave it away in the intro again, didn't I? Did you? Yeah. It's communion songs. <laughs> <laughs> songs for communion. Songs about communion. Um, or the Lord's Supper, or the Mass, or the breaking of bread, or the various things, the Eucharist, the various things that people call it. Um, and uh, I've got a few thoughts for you about communion and about how you might think uh, about approaching this. So is this, I mean, obviously for a lot of churches, they're not, well, you can't meet with your church physically and yeah. do communion so why do this in this in this season do you know honestly two reasons one is it's a great topic to write some songs on mm. and two it's a bit of a just getting our heads out of this yeah. season to be honest just thought let's just try and get our heads out of this into something that we can we can get our heads round. yeah but we're not there is a beautiful song on the uh april challenge someone's written a sort of lament for not being able to take communion right now yeah it's really stunning uh and i guess that you know in some ways you know it's not everyone's theology to think you know because personally i would happily take a sort of informal bread and wine with my family here but Hmm. for some people they're you know they're intentionally not even doing that because you know there's something important about when they get together with their community and their so you know it's also there's a sense of longing isn't there in writing these songs yeah. longing for that time when we will yeah definitely yeah sorry carry on so i've got what am i one two three four five sort of five six points my first point uh, is think about how your church does communion and therefore think about what is going to be a useful song i think that's a, a good starting point you know we could all write a try and write a song which covers the whole communion you know, maybe you set the communion prayer to music or something. But if actually the reality is in your church, they're never going to replace the said, the spoken communion prayer, then you need to think around it a bit. So think about the mm. the context that you're in. Where where might a song fit? So very commonly people sing songs during the distribution of communion somehow. So that that's certainly a place. Mm-hmm. And in, the, in there you've got quite a lot of freedom about what you can do with it. Um, I've known people who say, well, we'll have... We'll have songs as a sort of the song of thanksgiving, but not necessarily the song for the consecration. Um, yeah, there are in in the more traditional liturgies, which are actually very similar. You know, if you're if there is a, mm. a set written liturgy for communion, they're incredibly similar across all traditions. Yeah, and um, you know, draw on some very similar ancient sources. And so there are often the Bible songs in them, like the holy, 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 or the blessing, mm. the kind of heavenly songs, blessing and honor, yeah. glory and power, and so on. 
So looking for some of those things or, you know, there are various other little repeaters, a Kyrie in there or there's certain things that might fit. Also, maybe a song which takes you out at the end of communion mm. and that kind of sends you out. There's a In the Anglican Church, certainly there's a, a classic Almighty God prayer, which is kind of there to send you out. And then... Um, and then finally, this, these are not all the points. This is just about how your church does communion. Mm. And also just mm. about the mood. You know, what, mm. what is the mood? If you write a kind of an upbeat reggae dance number, <laughs> is that going to fit the way you're, the, the, the mood of your church during communion? Is that, the, or is it a more solemn um, moment? So you may be able to completely change the culture of your church through a song. But I tend to think, uh, you know, maybe first up, just go with the culture of your church and then mm. your next communion song could be the reggae <laughs> dance number. My second thought is to actually pause for a moment and go and read the biblical accounts of the Last Supper. This is what the communion is based on. So there's three biblical accounts, really. There's some stuff in John, but it's a bit less clear. Um, but there is still kind of the foot washing and, and, and things which are very much connected with it. But if you particularly go and look at the, the three synoptic gospels and i've been teaching a class on this recently so i could bore you but um just go and look at the three of them alongside each other and note how each gospel writer uses very much the same words but some different ones just kind of throws in a little extra here or takes a word away or something and it's almost as if you know this is biblical criticism it's almost as if the the writer is just trying to bring out a slight theological point each time so for example Mm. matthew talks about the forgiveness of sins, whereas the mm. others d- don't talk about it. Um, one of them, I think it's Luke, um, talks about, um, is very much about drinking this again in the kingdom. It's very mm. much pointing forward and so on. So mm. just go and look at what they actually say, because I think we can sometimes assume we know. So, for example, um, there was a... Uh, there was a scribal gloss at some point where um, this is my body, which is for you in a certain um, manuscript was this is my body broken for you. Yeah. But actually now we might have much more reliable older manuscripts. We can see actually that wasn't there originally. And actually there, there are some questions about the, the idea of broken for you. So, yeah. so the stuff you assume was being said, go and check it. What actually happens? What does Jesus say? And so on. Similarly Ref- with, one, with one Corinthians, I think that's true as well. Yeah. Whereas that thing always gets pulled out about, you know, examine yourself before you take it as if it means, you know, examine yourself and confess your sin, which I think is part of it. But the context of Corinthians is about excluding certain people. Mm. So I am always slightly hesitant when people say, all right, let's examine ourselves, as it says in Corinthians. I think, well, actually, are we excluding people in the way that we're, you know, that is that the examination we need to be doing about who, where, you know, and that gets you into all sorts of debates. But I yeah, think, yeah. again, it's worth actually going back to the to the biblical accounts and, and reading them afresh and reading around them. Yeah, read them in their context and so on. Yeah, yeah brilliant. And then, so the third thing that relates to this really is um, try and pin your theology down a bit mm. before you set off. Um, communion is something which, depending on your tradition, either happens every week or maybe once a year. You know, the different traditions range between that stuff and um actually if it happens once a year in your in your tradition it may be that new songs are not the Mm. are not the thing i don't know um 
But when we stop and think about it, we, and we start to think, okay, well, what is actually going on in communion? Realise actually people have been wrestling with and discussing this for centuries, mm. trying to get their heads around it. So, for example, um, it, communion is called a sacrament. It's it's what in in kind of churchy language is called a sacrament, and what that really just means is a physical expression of a spiritual reality something we do in a physical sense which either reflects or affects mm. something in a spiritual reality so depending on your theology either it's sort of it's making the thing happen or it's kind of reflecting that it's happening or, or so on so that's why it's described as a sacrament um and then uh, a key thing in it is this idea of christ being present in it uh, and you know, we could get really bogged down in this, but I think it's just worth thinking about um, either in you know context of your denomination, your church, or your, or your own understanding. You know, in what sense is Christ present? Because there are about four different main views on this. The first one is sort of famously known from the Catholic Church, which is transubstantiation, which is Christ's body and blood are literally present in the you know as you consume the bread and the wine, they are literally present. But it it turns into it transubstantiates into the literal body and blood of christ and that way you participate in his sacrifice um, and interestingly the um thomas aquinas kind of added to that that i'm not entirely sure of the logic but the the body and the blood must both be in the wine and they must both be in the bread in order for them to be hmm. doing what they do which is which is why up until quite recently in a lot of catholic churches only the priest would have the wine because they could say mm. well in the bread it's all it's all present so it's fine mm. um when the reformers came along they had quite different views on it so luther went with this idea called consubstantiation i don't think he used that quite that expression but the idea there is there the bread and wine remain bread and wine but they also are the body and blood of christ so there's a sort of it's not that they change into it, but somehow they also are in a, in a kind of sort of slightly incarnational sense, I suppose. So, so Christ is present in a real way yeah, within real the bread presence. and wine. Calvin, um, he had Christ present, but in that's in, in, in the sense that when we participate in the bread and wine, we in the Holy Spirit go and participate in the heavenly Christ. Mm. So rather than Christ being present in us, we become present in him. Mm. So that's quite a different kind of idea. And then Zwingli, just to give a, a another perspective for him it was very clearly the communion is a memorial mm. we remember his death until he comes and that's all that's happening christ is not more or less present than he is in any other sense when he's with us but actually in the communion it's an act of remembering and it's a memorial so those are different different takes on a on some theological ideas about what's happening but it's kind of good to just kind of get you don't have to fully understand them but get some kind of grasp, and it will really make a difference as well in your church, probably, if you sort of talk to your pastor and say, you know, if you can zoom them up at the moment and yeah. say, you know, wh where do we stand on these things? What, what, what should I be focusing on? I think it's worth sort of evangelical charismatics who might be nervous of most of those views, except maybe the Zwingli one or possibly the Calvin one, just remembering that we do treat often music in a sacramental way. Yes. So we expect the presence of God to be to be present as mm. he graciously, you know, uses our music. And so I don't think it's so much of a step to say maybe Jesus and God, you know, God will be present amongst us as we engage in this bread and wine. I, you know, it doesn't mean I'm falling down on one one particular interpretation, but it does mean that I think it is for me it is more than a memorial. Yeah. Uh because I you know believe that God in his grace works you know sacramentally through you know limited things like bread and wine 
Yeah, that's a brilliant comparison. It's, it's exactly true that in the kind of contemporary charismatic worship movement, songs are treated as sacrament. Mm. You know, we sing a song and therefore something happens in a heavenly sense, whether it's a victory or the presence mm. of Christ or whatever it might be, which is a relatively new idea, to be yeah. fair. Yeah. Uh, whereas the idea that Christ is present in the Eucharist has kind of persisted through 2000 years of the church. So, mm. Mm. I, I suppose the other thing I would say about the theology thing is, is also that how Christ is present or if he is present has unfortunately become the theological argument. Yeah. You know, the thing that we that people battle over. But I think that alone is not the only significance of holy communion yeah do you know what i mean and so i think yes have a have a read around those if you want to but also remember that there are many other things that the bible and that church history you know engages with and so that that's not the only thing to to write yeah. a song about or have a discussion sure. about sure yeah so it's not we're not trying to say kind of write a theological argument no um but it sort of just getting aware enough that you don't inadvertently write something which actually is going to make mm. it difficult or mm. always going to turn out to be a nonsense as well. I mean, that's and, possible, isn't it? And really, ultimately, I would hope that some of these songs would help. We, we had a really great chat with our youth group at church about this a couple of years ago. Mm. And a lot of the young people were saying, I just don't know what I'm supposed to be thinking as I'm taking communion. What am I, what am I supposed to be doing? Am I supposed to be yeah. thinking about Jesus? Am I supposed to be thinking about people around me? Am I, am I supposed to feel anything? They, they got sung worship. They got how that sort of worked. But when it came to communion, they just didn't, they were like, but what, what am I, I don't get it. You, you give me this bread. I pray a prayer. What, you know, and so maybe to just help people unpack a little bit of, this is how you can engage with this. Mm. You know, this is what we're expecting as we can. I, I don't know if that's possible, but that would, that would be a that's brilliant thing. That's fascinating. Gosh, I could talk to you about this for hours, Sam, so we <laughs> might have to rein it in. But isn't that fascinating that the question is about what should be going on in me internally, in a, yeah. in a sense, as I do this, which is quite different to a view of liturgy that says, I just do it and I let yeah. it form me. It's oh, forming totally. me. I don't need to know. Yeah. I don't need to have an attitude. Mm. Wow. Wow. Fascinating. And there's also the point um, about the, the, the you highlighted about communion as a com, as a as a community thing. Mm. And that, that, you know, Paul in Corinthians is writing to a dysfunctional church and they yeah. have a community dysfunction. Yeah. So most of what he writes is to address their community dysfunction, which means that you, you have to not over skew it. But at the same time, it's really clear that it's, it's a very important factor mm. in communion, that it is a thing of it is a community forming thing. So that could be, you know, it could be the real focus of your what you write about as well. Uh, another option is to link it to the Passover and just mm. think about, you know, what's going on in the Passover. Um, Exodus 12, Deuteronomy 16 in the, in the Old Testament, we talk of the Passover and how the Israelites are then to remember, you know, in a similar sort of way we talk about communion remembering. It's just, it's interesting and uh, just as a, an aside that it would have been, it still seems, it would have been really obvious for Jesus to say, and like the Passover lamb, I am the lamb who will be sacrificed for you. But instead he says, and like the bread, I am. You're like, what, what, what about that lamb with his blood and all that? Wouldn't that have been? No, apparently not. Um, so I don't know. So G interesting. I, you know, if I wrote a community song and I brought in Passover, I'd start talking about Jesus as the lamb. It's fascinating that Jesus actually doesn't do that there for, mm. for whatever reason. Um, and then uh, a couple of other things. One is that, this could be a great opportunity for a sort of call and response type thing. That's one That's one way of writing songs is, is a cantor and congregation or worship leader sings a line and then congregation sings something back. You know, it, it kind of in, 
spoken prayers around communion it often works that way maybe you can do something similar in the way that you build it mm. um and then finally this our tradition as christians is so rich for mm. this mm. go and look at some old hymns go and look at rites and liturgy and language and structure to see what are the things that people say what are the, uh, and therefore you know use it use mm. it as fuel and food and inspiration for writing your own song there's so much out there mm. and also with you <laughs> That's cool. I'm excited about that. Great. There's our communion songs challenge. So as usual, get your song written and posted up on the forum by the last. No, by you get three days grace for your song, but you've got to do your comment by the last day. So you've got to comment on someone else's by the last day of the month. Well done, everyone. You are doing a great job. We're very proud of you. Yes. That's the end of our podcast for this month. All that remains is to introduce our featured song. And with uh, Ascension coming up, Ascension Day, Ascension Sunday, uh, we wanted to come back to one which we actually did feature at some point many episodes ago, but it was an old version. We've refreshed and revived and added a signature woe to it since then in our live album. Uh, I've got a signature woe. Signature woe. The (laughs) song... The song is High in the Heavens by Judy Gresham with the fabulous Chris Pierce singing it. Um, and yeah, it's based on Philippians 2. It uh, t- takes you right through the kind of the humbling of Christ through to his ascension and exaltation in glory. So it could be a great one to use, even, you know, as your services may well still be online by that stage. Thanks, Sam. See you soon. Sing the